Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Thank you for listening. I hope you're all doing okay. I am feeling a lot better as we are out of my anniversary month and that just, it just cheers me up to know I don't have to think about it for a bit. Um, Sending you much love if you are now in your month or even if you don't know when your anniversary is. And we've actually been talking about this a lot on Twitter. And as ever, there has been just some amazing, really incredible advice from from the griefsters, as we're now calling ourselves, uh, about different ways of dealing with it and how to cope if you deal with it differently from the rest of your family. So please always remember, you know, you're not alone. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at thegriefcast or email thegriefcast at gmail.com. And as normally, like, we share some, like, helpful videos or links to other grief stuff. So if you're just looking to not feel crap on the internet for a bit, it's quite a nice place to be. This week, I'm talking to journalist and writer Hannah Dunleavy. Hannah is a member of the Standard Issue podcast team, which you can also find on Acast. Uh, It was started by Sarah Millican and is just a very funny, intelligent listen. We've also had Jen Offord on from Standard Issue as well. And I, I definitely, definitely recommend you give it a try. Hannah came in to talk to me about her dad, who died in 2016. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with journalist and podcaster Hannah Dunleavy. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Hannah is, of course, from the very brilliant Standard Issue podcast. Uh, Also, we had Jen Offord, also from Standard Issue. So there's three of you, isn't there? There is. Main is Mickey Noonan going to come on as well? Uh, Mickey Noonan, I, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't like to wish grief on <laughs> yeah, her yeah, that yeah. she needs to come on, Sorry, so maybe Mickey. we'll say one day. Yeah, yeah, Mickey's, at the moment she's safe, so that's that's good. How long has Standard Issue podcast been going? Um, actually, not that long, June 2017. Wow. Yeah. That's we finished. time. We finished as a, it was, yeah, it was an, an online, online magazine, magazine in, I think, it was the end of April. 2017 and literally all of us went to America on holiday (laughs) not together like in some big weird road trip but all of us just coincidentally went hey I've got three weeks off where should I go and all of us chose America and then we came back and learned how to do a podcast yeah it's a very if you haven't listened to it I definitely recommend you do it's very sort of I was thinking about this morning it's a very intelligent straight talking podcast yeah and it's what's your catchphrase say by women for women by women for women Yeah. yeah but it's um, Although we, it's for everybody. Yeah, as we talked about before, it's, it's sort of, it, you're sort of very consciously making sure it's not just about traditional female issues. It's about everything. But it, well, if, anyone yeah, can I mean, listen gender to inequal- it. inequality is bad for everyone. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you don't, it's not like a lady podcast. Oh, uh, no. What lipstick do you uh, want? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's the antithesis of that, I think. Yeah. And acknowledging that women don't. That's not a bad thing, but that's, there's other stuff that women are interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely worth listening if you haven't checked out already so Hannah who are we remembering today uh we are rem- that sounds that <laughs> sounds like when I was um I was in Ireland um I go to Ireland a lot because that's where my family are from originally but last time I was there we were in Mayo and um they had a local radio station yeah when they read out the in remembrance section, oh wow and it was my favorite thing every day <laughs> because they'd say in repose is um in, Kath- repose. in repose is Kathleen Smith this afternoon and things you'd be like and that means does that mean they're dead in repose though in repose I think means you can go and see them oh, in the um, they're still available to view <laughs> for, to, for, for viewing still available to download yeah, yeah. wow um, 
But yes, yeah, so we are remembering. We are remembering in repose today, this afternoon is my dad. Your dad. What's yeah. your dad's name? He, he was called Chris. Chris. Is it Chris Dunleavy? Chris Dunleavy, although that is not enough information because my family's a bit weird. Okay. <laughs> it is enough information, but to be clear, it's that Chris Dunleavy who was my dad because my brother is also called Chris Dunleavy. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. And I have an uncle called Chris Dunleavy. Wow. They, you family like their name. <laughs> uh, almost all my family is called about six names. <laughs> I have the most enormous family. and Keep I, it simple. Just keep... just. Choose from these six, six yeah, names. Yeah, that's it. That makes sense. So when when did Chris die? When did your dad die? Uh, November the 30th, um, 2016. 2016, okay. So, so oh, my maths. As, as about knows. 15 months ago, I think. So it's still pretty fresh. Um, well, it is and it, it isn't because right. it was a fairly weird experience. So as what? in we had to um, kind of not grieve for him because of right. a number of other things that were going on at wow. the time. Okay, so what happened to him? What yeah. happened to him was um, he had, uh, he'd always been a really heavy drinker um, pretty much my entire life. And he had heart surgery when he was about 60. And basically he couldn't go back to work after that because he'd always worked outside. Um, he ran building sites and he wow. couldn't really... Um, get insurance to be on them oh, and wow. after that he it, he really 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 started drinking um so that kind of affected his yeah sort of I mean definitely his mental health I guess yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. um so like I say he had oh, I had always described him as an alcoholic but you know a high functioning one right yeah because he went to work but the loss of work was quite significant so I mean he had some other um health problems like I say he'd had problems with his heart he'd been a really heavy smoker Wow. He was quite ill for, a, yeah, I would say about two or three years. And I kind I mean, I knew what it was. It doesn't, yeah. take, doesn't take two and two to work it out. When you, you look at the symptoms and you can put them into Google, we knew that he had cirrhosis of the liver. Right, okay. Um, uh, he didn't like talking about that sort of thing at all. He would be absolutely mortified at the idea <laughs> that I was talking about this now, to be honest. Was he very much just like, it's not a big deal, kind of with the health thing? Was it just... He just didn't want to talk about just, it. And yeah. I kind of understand that because I'm quite a private person myself. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, that there must be a certain sort of getting your head around the yeah. idea that you have been, a f you are in some way responsible for what ails you. Yeah, that's I think tough, that's quite Because I can yeah. imagine, you know, that's quite a complicated headspace to yeah. be in. He did tell my brother, when he was diagnosed, he did tell my brother that he... But he said it was cirrhosis. He said it was cirrhosis and that he was going to give up drinking. And that lasted for about, I would say about a week. Oh. And then he never, he refused to discuss it ever again. Wow. But so in many ways I was quite lucky, I think, because we knew yeah. what was happening. And we knew, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I'd known what was going to happen for yeah. like a lot of my life. I think accepting what's going to happen doesn't mm. necessarily mean that you've accepted that it's inevitable. I mean, yeah. I didn't stop nagging him to stop drinking at all. But I did make a couple of decisions when I knew that, and one of which was to try and spend some time with him and some quality time oh, with wow. him as opposed to me being in his house or him coming to my house, both of which always seem to end with you sort of fitting into old familiar patterns. Yeah, so yeah. we went on a couple of holidays together. Just you and him? Um, no, my mum came and also his younger sister. We went to Ireland. Oh, nice. Yeah. When we went, to, we went to where my granddad had come from, his dad. They, and my dad had, well, I'd never been there either, but my dad had never been there. Wow. So we went there. We had quite a nice holiday, a few holidays. So was your relationship with him quite good, even despite? Yeah, you? I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, it was. It's quite complicated. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's so complicated that I keep thinking I should do a podcast on my own <laughs> about alcohol because I find yeah. alcohol completely fascinating. But yeah, I mean, I really liked him. He was a lot of fun. He was he was incredibly popular. Yeah. I mean, when he died, you walked down the. I mean, he'd lived in where he'd lived for nearly fifty years, and you walked down the high street, and people were coming out of shops and well. pubs and other things to say like yeah. oh I heard that your dad had died I mean, was he a bit life and soul of the party he, he was and he was really popular and I have to say I, I liked him too yeah. I mean not everybody liked him yeah, I think it's probably one out of every hundred was like yeah. oh that guy's a prick <laughs> yeah. but yeah he was he was very funny he was very clever he worked very hard um, he had lots of admirable qualities he wasn't always blessed in the dad department but right. I think that's something you 
learn to adjust to yourself. Yeah. I'm not saying that's easy, but that's something that you come to a a sort of an agreement with yourself that you can't carry well, that stuff around with you yeah, forever. Yeah, some people I think. do. Not everybody yeah. manages it, but it sounds like you, I don't know, it sounds like you're very practical about the relationship yeah. <laughs> of like, well, this is what he can give and that's yeah. what I want. So. Well, you, you can. You can sit and you can focus on what you don't get out of a relationship. Yeah. But I think it's probably better to focus on what you do. Yeah, definitely. Get you out can, of a yeah. relationship. And in a lot of ways, I think that made it easier when he died. Oh, because I'm sure, yeah. you're not... Because, I mean, I mean, I think I've always thought grief was really interesting, but I think that's... It's possibly to do with your first experiences yeah. of grief. Was that, this your first big major death? Um, well, I suppose it was the person probably that was closest to me. Yeah. But I had... We did have a really... See, this is what tends to happen in my family, and this is what happened when my dad died, is that we have like a good decade, and then we uh, have like a terrible six yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, And... When I was, it's like a clear out, isn't it? That's what my yeah. mum used to say. It's like suddenly everything's yeah. fine and then suddenly, oh, like, no, these guys are all going to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, when, when I was 15, um, my dad's oldest brother, who we'd been really close to, we like we were at their house or they were at our house, I'd say every weekend, he had a brain hemorrhage. Oh, God. And that was pretty horrific because I mean, we'd seen him in the morning and he was pretty much dead by the afternoon. Oh, it was, God, yeah. yeah. And that was... Really quite startling. And then six months after that, my dad's dad died. Oh. And six months after that, my mum's mum died. Oh. So there was like three deaths in our yeah. family in a year. And considering that I hadn't really ever had that much sort yeah. of... It can't... I, I, yeah, it was. I think it was really interesting. And it did leave me really interested in death as a concept, to be <laughs> honest. Because something else that I got really, really fascinated with at that time was that loads of other stuff happened in that year. I mean, that was 1989, uh, July 1989 till July 1990, that period in which everybody died. And that was also the period... Margaret Thatcher went. She had been oh, like wow. the prime minister for pretty much my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nelson Mandela came out of prison. The Berlin Wall came down. Wow. And I remember thinking, how can these things have happened and they don't know that they've happened? Yeah. Was all of these things? Wow. That, yeah, like huge world things. Yeah. yeah. So I got really interested in the concept of sort of grief being hijacked almost, yeah. and. I started writing, because I do write a lot, and I started writing, and almost every story I killed a major character in it, and almost every, all of them died on a really yeah. like important day, oh, Charles yeah. and Diana's wedding. <laughs> well, the first story I ever wrote was about someone whose dad died on the day of Charles and Diana's wedding, um, and other sort of yeah. September the 11th. We had another episode with the writer Nick S. Shukla, and he was saying his um, when he experienced grief, then suddenly Amy Winehouse died after yeah. his mum died, and it was like suddenly everywhere was people were like, "Oh, I'm really sad." And yeah. I was like, "What? I, I'm actually sad." Yeah. And it's yeah, it's a really funny There's, thing. Have you ever seen The Leftovers? No, I don't you should watch it. It's oh, a really yeah. excellent HBO series, and it's basically oh, okay. about grief. Oh wow! Um, and they actually one of their sort of key strands in it is a story about a girl because what happens in the leftovers is that there's a it's never really explained but a supernatural event where two percent of the world's population just disappears in the blink of an eye and one of the stories in that is about a girl a woman who's played by Liv Tyler whose mum has died the day before oh wow and so she's all trapped up in her own grief and then suddenly everyone's like no Fuck that. Yeah, this big thing. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear or not, no, but this other massive thing has happened. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's that stuff. So it's kind of ironic because that's not in the way of a big story. But, I mean, for a start, my dad did die in 2016, which was the year that everybody well, was saying, yeah. oh, this is the worst year ever. And I had a baby in that year. And I remember everyone going, oh, I cannot wait for this year to be over. And I was yeah. like, oh, guys, like, what am I bringing her into? Yeah. <laughs> because everyone was like, this is the worst year yeah. ever. And it was very strange to try and celebrate something when everyone else was, like, so anti. And, yeah, that was obviously the year that it was, everybody died, wasn't it? It was all the celebrity yeah. deaths. In, in and... fact, I was with my brother. And we watched John Oliver's last show of 2016. And I think it was the last week of October. And we watched it and he had got loads of people to shout, fuck off 2016. And we were like, yeah, this year's been terrible. And then the next four weeks were like the worst 
things yeah. that had ever happened to us and suddenly we were like oh it wasn't oh, that shit. bad <laughs> so I should probably say because yeah so what happened this, so what? He, he knew he had cirrhosis yeah we knew he had cirrhosis um and how old is he at this point? Uh, he was about, I mean, he was 68 when he died, so 66. It was about 14 months. And they said, or oh, when he had said to my brother that they had told him that if he didn't stop drinking, it would be, it would, he had four years, right, probably. Okay, wow. So I had a rough idea of how long I thought we had. Yeah. We thought we might have four years. It turns out we actually had 18 months. But what happened after that was November the 1st, 2016, my mum rang me to tell me she had breast cancer. Oh, my God. And that wasn't quite as out of the blue as that. She told me a couple of days before that she'd been, she'd found a lump and she'd been and she was waiting for the test results. And I had done that thing where I thought, right, you've just got to be positive. So I'd yeah. said, I'm sure it's not breast cancer. Yeah. I'm absolutely convinced it's not breast cancer. It'll be fine. Yeah. And she was doing completely the rest. She was like, there's no point in even saying anything. It's breast cancer. I know it's breast cancer. Um, and it was. Um, so, yeah, that was November the 1st. Next thing that happened was a couple of days after that, um, she was running down the stairs and she came down the stairs funny and she like slipped and she landed funny and she hurt her foot. And I kept saying to her, you need to go to the hospital because yeah, I think yeah. you've probably broken that. And she was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Mm. It's absolutely fine. Um, turns out it wasn't absolutely fine. And it turns out actually that falling down the stairs, she jarred her back. And actually, here's a funny story. <laughs> when we were in Ireland um, on our like family jolly she we'd been we were actually in county down and it was really beautiful we were driving along the coast and she was like oh stop the car chris stop the car i want to get out and take a photograph so my dad pulls up the car to the side of this sort of cliff thing and my mum gets out to take a photograph and then we were sitting there chatting in the car and suddenly i thought where is she and we looked and we couldn't see her and i could see in my wing mirror like just the camera oh god thing on the floor yeah. and i was like oh jesus where's she gone <laughs> So I got out of the car and I was on the far side. My dad got out of the car and she had slipped and was kind of slipped on this grass and slid down. She was kind of towards the end of the cliff. And I was like, my dad, who like wore no clothes basically for my entire childhood, right? right? And then retired and wore suits, which is like the weirdest thing. He's wearing like these slippy shoes, slippy sole shoes and this really big coat that's like getting full of air. (laughs) And at this point he like... He weighs about eight stone. And I was like, oh, that's it. They're both going off the end yeah, of this cliff. Oh so I decided to be really heroic and run and save them. And I hit the grass and I just skidded <laughs> between the pair of them <laughs> and, and basically virtually off the side of the oh edge. And God. I had to scramble back up. I had mud in my hair. I had mud absolutely everywhere. And we had to, like, pick her up. And apparently when she did that fall, she did damage herself. Well, I don't know if it was that or me trying to heave her back. <laughs> she was wearing this big white fluffy jumper and I remember thinking from a distance it probably looks like someone's trying to get a sheep <laughs> up a hill. And, uh, what is she doing to that sheep? Yeah. So she damaged, she damaged her back and um, 8th of November, my sister rang me to say that my mum was in such severe pain in her back that she'd taken her to the hospital. God. And they had said, oh, we're going to put her through a full body scan because we think maybe the cancer's gone to her bones. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know anything about cancer going to your bones, yeah, but in my experience, that's the end. It's not good. And I was like, oh. and the 8th of November is also the day of the American election, which I have been covering for two years. Yeah. And that was unbelievably stressful day. I have to say, I felt sick all day. Firstly, I felt sick right up to the point my sister rang and said, it's not, it's a crushed disc, it's not yeah, cancer. Yeah. And I was like, woo! And then suddenly I was like, oh, Jesus, Donald Trump's going to win, isn't <laughs> oh, he? And he did. Yeah. So that was a fairly bad day. So she was in hospital for about, I have to say, about 10 days with her back on all sorts of drugs. And I was getting quite anxious because I was like, she's got breast cancer. Why aren't we treating her? Yeah, you know? yeah. They were like, we can't treat her until we sort out this. It's very frustrating with cancer, isn't it? Because I think your instinct is like, treat it immediately. Yeah. Why is there something happening yeah, now? Yeah, and it, it just isn't treated immediately and for also, lots of reasons. And also, people kept saying to us, people I knew who had experience of breast cancer kept saying to me, it's odd that they're going to give her chemo first and then the operation because it usually happens in the other order oh, yeah. and I was on so many things and I was, so, yeah. but literally everybody I yeah. knew was saying that to me and I thought oh what's the, what, they're messing it up it's going to be terrible yeah. so she eventually sometimes came, they want the tumour to shrink that's what they're that's yeah. exactly what it was because apparently it was like massive yeah 
And so my, I'm, I mean, I live 50 miles away from my parents and I have a full-time job, obviously. So I was trying quite hard to keep an eye on my dad yeah. while my mum was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Make sure he was eating, make sure he wasn't drinking, make sure that he was taking his medicine oh, because he had lots of health conditions. Um, she came out of the hospital on, I think it was about the 20th of November. 21st of November, my brother rang me to say that his wife had, well, she's not his wife, but they have been together for 13 years and they have a kid together, had come home to say she was having an affair and she was leaving him for somebody else, which was horrific. Oh, Really, genuinely horrific. And she went on the Wednesday. <gasps> she left the house on the Wednesday, oh. left my nephew and my brother <gasps> On the Wednesday and on the I'm Wednesday... I'm covering my face as I always do when something really bad has happened. <laughs> and on the Wednesday, my, my nephew came home from school and my dad, my brother had to tell him that. Uh, oh, no. That is, and then... Oh, that's so what? I went round to see them oh, and God. I went and saw my dad and I suddenly thought, ah, uh, fuck, he's going to die. Yeah. And I just thought... I could just see that all of whatever had gone out of him and... I rang a couple of people, his best friends and one of his sisters, and I said, I can't persuade him to take his pills, to eat any food, to let me take him to a hospital. I don't know if you want to come and try and persuade him. And, yeah, that weekend, um, a couple of people came round, got nowhere. My brother rang... uh, my brother rang a hospital, the hospital, an ambulance. In fact, on the Monday, and he went into hospital, and he died on the Wednesday. So yeah, my nephew came home from Wednesday afternoon, exactly a week later, and my brother told him that my dad had died. So yeah, that was November the thirtieth. So it was chaos. It was absolute. Oh my god, the rain's a bit poor. Chaos. Right? Like, oh, it's funny. I mean, it's funny you should say that because literally loads of other stuff was going wrong at the same time, yeah. including the fact that my mum had water pouring through her kitchen oh ceiling. Oh my god! And we could neither fix it nor find a plumber that was prepared to come out for less than a call-out fee of about six hundred pounds because it's winter and everybody's boiler goes. Yeah. And so yeah, it was pretty. Um, Busy, I say. So, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on. So, was your mum still in hospital when you no, died? No, my mum was out of hospital by that point and at home, but basically immobile, yeah. to be honest. And, um, yeah, I mean, we went to hospital the day my brother called the ambulance, and my mum's in a wheelchair, and I was getting, I, was, I got a phone call from my brother. And I was still in my pajamas, and uh, he was like, "You've got to come to the hospital because I think it's really bad." And we went to the hospital and then the weirdest thing happened when we were in the hospital. Like, well, I couldn't get through to the back bit and I was like, my dad's, and they said I could come through and there's loads of police. There's police absolutely everywhere. And we were like, what the hell is happening here? And I'm not entirely sure. I can't say for 100% certain. But there was a man in the bed next to my dad who was handcuffed to the side of the bed. Oh, my God. And to a policeman. And... When we went outside, there were some film cameras outside and the news was reporting that uh, Barry Bennell, the paedophile, had been beaten up and had been taken to a hospital in an undisclosed location. I don't know for certain that it was him. Oh, my God. But I was like, how is this happening? How is yeah, this? How do I have to deal with this? Yeah. And also, but let's say my mum's in a wheelchair. I had pulled my pyjama top over my head so quickly that I had a broken button on it and it had caught my lip. <laughs> and it was still bleeding, and I was, I was standing bleeding. She was in a wheelchair, oh my and my God. dad was really, really ill in a bed. And I just thought, it's just what else? What else can I, know. I mean? But that's something you learn. You, you, there's no way did you say what else could possibly go wrong yeah, because I've everything. That, don't ever say because you think God, what else? And literally something does, and you're like, just accept what yeah. you're dealing with. Don't be like, yeah. Don't ask the fates to give you any more. No. <laughs> However you feel about it, because it was yeah, and Jesus. I can say just so many, so many things. When we went to when we went to his funeral, um, it was at the crematorium, which was odd because he was being buried, but we couldn't. But I'll maybe get to that. <laughs> but when we got there, I got out of the car and I was greeted by about four people, you know, relatives, friends of my dad, saying, um, "There's a sheet on the door with all the names printed on it of the funerals today, and your dad's not on it." And I was oh my like. God. So I thought, I'm not even going to deal with this. And I rang our undertaker, who was amazing, who actually turns out, I mean, he knew my dad. 
and he was brilliant. And I rang him and he said, absolutely. He said, we're, we're here. He said, like, I'm on my way. Yeah. You know, and he got there and somebody had just printed out the sheet for the wrong day, which oh, isn't like a really big deal. Yeah. But no, but of course it's like... We it, were just like, what? Anything like that. It's like seeing the wrong wedding, the wrong thing. It's yeah. too big a thing to have a funny thing happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm not in the mood for jokes. I yeah, just... absolutely. <laughs> Although, talking of funny things, we... we, we um. We decided, I mean, who knows? You make the crazy, it's like being drunk. When yeah. I look back at that period, I just think it was like being really drunk. You make these decisions and we were like, we don't, we're just not going to waste loads and loads of money yeah. on like loads of flowers because he wouldn't he wouldn't approve of us wasting money. Also, he was a carpenter and uh, there's just no coffin would have been good enough for yeah. him. No wooden coffin he would have looked at and gone, oh, I don't like the joists on that or they yeah. even picked the right bit of wood. So we went with a wicker one. So oh, we got yeah. persuaded by the flower people that what you can do is you can put the flowers around the coffin. Yes, I've seen a funeral with that. Yeah. And we were like, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, we'll have that. Yeah. And um, and then they said, do you want some holly because it's Christmassy? Which is odd, but we were like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so we get it's some, in season, love. So we get some holly. Um, when my cousin Joe has to carry the coffin, yeah, the lump holly, of holly is yeah. right next to his face. Oh, no. And he got all scratched up. <laughs> And he had to stand and do his little reading, all scratched up from this holly on the side of the coffin. That is a great tip. Do not put holly on the coffin, unless it's a sprig on the top. Yeah, or certainly don't put it in the position where people carry it. Yeah, because they, they like, weave it around the outside. So, yeah, if if you are being carried in, which not everybody does, then, yeah, that's... That's something to watch out for. Yeah. So how was your mum at this point? Like she's reco- she's in chemo. She's recovering. She hadn't quite started her chemo when he died. Died. Um, she. She had, must have been just like they've been married for an extremely long time. I'm assuming. Forty eight years. Oh yeah. God. Um, yeah. I mean, I did make a decision quite early, really, or a couple of decisions, but. One of the decisions was that it wasn't really about me. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there were three people, certainly my mum, my brother and my nephew, yeah. who'd had a worse month than I had. Yeah. It's difficult, though, that is to imagine. Yeah, I mean, it was tough because I added on top of that... She had a crushed disc in her back, yes. so she was on a lot of painkillers pain. as well. Oh my god, which can send you, yeah, can make you foggy. And, and I basically then had to, there was a point at which I was kind of <clears throat> allowing her to, allowing her to have her life sounds like the biggest twat thing to say. No, no, but it got to a point where she just couldn't keep on top of it yeah. because <sighs> we went to, uh, we went to pay for his funeral, well, to put the deposit on his funeral. And um, she couldn't find a bank card and you, ca- you can't draw, we had to go and draw money over the counter. Yeah, yeah. Because we couldn't, she couldn't find her card or a credit card, so we had to go and draw money. And uh, we were in the build, we were in the bank drawing money over the counter and they give it to me, £2,000, which is the deposit on the funeral. They give it to me in, a, in an envelope. And suddenly she says, so we're going to the hospital now? And I was like, have we got a hospital appointment? And she said, yeah, we've got the first meeting of to find out, you know, when my treatment starts, where they talk you through it. Yeah, it's the yeah. thing. Your dad's had cancer. Yeah, yeah. So I they think, tell yeah, you the things like thing, what's yeah. going to happen and yeah. that your hair's going to fall out and that your temperature can't go over a certain amount. So we go into this. So I was like, what now? Yeah. just Like literally uh, now. Yeah. So we could drive over to Mont Keynes Hospital, get, get there. <sighs> we get to the hospital we start having um, and like we go in there and the nurse is suddenly talking she's like have you read the booklet and I was like my god I look like the worst daughter on earth because <laughs> I haven't read the booklet but I really haven't had time yeah of course and um, and she said have you read the booklet and I was like no and I thought right I start answering some questions so I looked through my bag and I can't find a bit of paper I mean I'm a journalist I couldn't find yeah. a bit of paper found a pencil and then I thought I've got this envelope oh god so I took the notes on how to have chemo on the back of an envelope with £2,000 in it oh which my god I just kept thinking how am I here how is this how yeah. is this what what kind of collection of events has, has driven me to be here I think as well when something happens very quickly a lot of what you know you're in shock yeah you're in shock and so you are just constantly going what sorry what what's happening what's happening because you're it too much has happened for your brain to process yeah so you know like your mum being sick is like okay, your brain is like okay but then your dad like dad and then it said like your brother that's your brain is it's just too much well yeah, yeah. Too much there, was, your a, brain there was a feeling of constantly failing people yeah because uh, 
like I say, I had to sort of say, okay, I'm keeping the diary because we can't have like that happen again. Um, so for a couple of months, I was sort of in charge. But we, uh, um, you know, I would. She would suddenly. She would say to me, um, "Oh, well, I haven't got my prescription. I've run out of pills." And I think, "Oh man, I've got to go and get some pills." So I go over to the chemist, and you'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to spend a day just going through all of the admin. I'm going yeah. to read the book. I'm going to find this. I'm going to go and buy." Something to take a temperature with, you know, I'm going to buy a wheelchair. So you'd have a day focused on on my mum. And then they'd get a phone call in the evening from the undertaker saying, you need to bring your dad some clothes down. And then I think, oh, Jesus, he's in a box naked. And I, you know, I haven't done, like, he looks unloved. So I'd be like, right, today, tomorrow is funeral day. And I'll do that. And then my nephew would come home from school and say, I need to be in fancy dress tomorrow and you'd be like oh now we'd look so it was like there was constantly like pause on your time that's the thing is like that's too much for one person yeah well i mean my brother was amazing i have to say my brother gave himself a day in which he was absolutely bereft yeah and then he was he was back on it what i mean is it's not even like people not showing up like it just is. It's just. It's just too much. Even if you were the. Even if you were someone who's like, I only sleep an hour in a day, and it yeah. affects me in no way at all. Like it's. It's too much to deal with. Like yeah. when, when life throws that much shit at you, it's really hard. And I think oh, I don't know. Maybe you can answer this. Like the other thing I think that happens is you go into shock, and especially if you're like you said, you're sort of okay. So you're in shock, and then your job is like right, look over everybody yeah. else, and that means your grief is literally just parked yeah that's that mean that is what over there and then it's like so the important thing is then going you then have to deal with it once everybody sort of calms themselves you then go oh shit now i have to look at my grief because i haven't looked at it yeah and it was it was interesting because it was the first death my nephew had experienced of course and i was really conscious and i kept saying to my brother we need to talk about dad more around him because i feel like you know, the first time you ex- you experience grief, like, you know, you learn from how people around you react to it. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, what we've taught him is that your dad dies and you don't talk about yeah. it and you don't address it. And you sort but of... Only because you had so much else going yeah. on. Like, I think, and then, like you said, if it had just been your dad, you probably would have been yeah. talking about it and remembering him. But yeah. when you've got that much other stuff to deal with, like, I mean, that is, obviously, that is such, it's such a lot for him, but as someone obviously completely outside who doesn't know you or your family, it's such a lot for you to have to yeah. work well, I, out I, what, what's the correct way to do this. I think the peak the peak <laughs> of lot for me to do was when we couldn't find anyone to do his funeral. And he hadn't ever really said very much about what he'd like for a funeral, right, yeah. except he'd been quite clear about two things. He wanted to be buried. <clears throat> right. And that he didn't want a priest. In fact, he was a lot more uh, crude <laughs> in his statement yeah, about yeah. that. So we go to the undertakers and the undertaker offers us... I mean, it's quite difficult to try and find a day at all that works when Mary was on chemo because obviously, you know, you didn't want her to be... She had to be able to be well enough to be at it. it. So we eventually got a date, which was the 21st of December because also we were adamant it had to be before Christmas. thought, I can't carry this into the new year. No, you don't. You want it. So, which was actually three weeks to the day after he died, the 21st of December, and they couldn't find anyone to do it so the choice was we had a priest oh or somebody else did it and we were sitting in the thing and the undertaker said you know does your dad have someone in his life who's used to public speaking who doesn't cry very commonly who's and I thought, oh, fuck, they're all looking at me. <laughs> I was just going to say, it was you, wasn't it? Yeah. So I did it. Oh, my God, how do you did the funeral? Yeah. Fuck I just thought... Up. You need a fucking badge, mate. Like, this yeah, is a lot of shit for one crazy, person to deal crazy with. crazy, person. I think it was and it wasn't because in a lot of ways... I already thought I've got to hold myself together at this. Yeah. Like there is not the opportunity to lose it until my mum doesn't have cancer. That yeah. was the basic thought that I had. And I thought, actually, if I've got to hold it together anyway, it's not that big a step to I know, actually I know. do I, that. I understand being, I totally understand why you would do it. And I don't think it's a crazy decision. It's just, I understand the mentality of someone. Maybe this is unfair, but I understand the mentality of someone who's like, don't worry, guys, I got this. Yeah. 
I got this. And then like six weeks on, you're like, fuck, I haven't had any, you know, no. like, I haven't thought about me. No, at not at all. Because I'd been like, I'm leading, I'm sorting, yeah. I'm strong, I can do it. And it that... Well, I mean, I just kept thinking he would like, literally, he, that is exactly the, the the sort of thing he would have done for me. Yeah, yeah. And no, I think that's it's absolutely honourable that you did it. It's and incredible. also, I think, you know, it, had he been, you see, because the interesting thing about my dad is I think my dad actually chose to die. I was going to say, like, I I genuinely, and I'm not the only person that yeah. thinks that. A lot of us think it, but for different reasons. Yeah, you know, I, you know, when you talk about, it, you feel like you, 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 it's nothing that I would say would be designed to make anyone feel guilty about it. But you know, I think personally, it got to a point where, you know, he didn't want to see my my yeah. mum, and if I'm going to be brutally honest when my mum rang me and told me she had cancer I rang my best friend and I said to him it's not supposed to happen in this order yeah, like it's literally yeah. uh, here we have been preparing ourselves for him Your to dad, go yeah. and if she goes first like I will be livid yeah, yeah. I will be absolutely livid um, and so I think he didn't want to see her be ill I think he didn't want to see my brother lose custody of his son neither of those things actually happened yeah um, I don't know if, if I mean, I don't know. He's he was in he had a lot of things wrong with him. His lungs were fucked. His heart wasn't in yeah. great shape. His liver was bad. So I, you know, I do. I think it's. I think people, people definitely can choose. Yeah. I'm obviously not every time, but my granny and granddad died within two weeks of each other. And same thing. My granny was very sick, and everyone was very sort of worried about her. And then my, I think my granddad just suddenly had a stroke, and it was all very quick, and he died. And in the midst of it, they were trying to sort my... After that, they were like, right, we're going to get her in a home and all this. Two weeks later, she just died. And literally, the doctors said she died. She... Yeah. Everything just... They, like, I think they put the form, like, complete, fa- like, you know, heart failure. Because yeah. it was just like... My mum said she was not living without him. No. She just went... You could see she was just like, no, I'm not going in a home. I'm not having this. This yeah. is not what I want. And obviously, not everyone could... I get it. Not everyone can choose to die, but I do think some people. Yeah, I mean, give I, up. I, I definitely, I think he did. I mean, yeah. it just even if that's the case of you just looked at him and all the fight had gone yeah, the out fight, of him. That that will to yeah. be here, you do need that. And he didn't have any sort of. Um, he didn't even really sort of engage much with conversation yeah. about like my mum or you know what was going on with my my brother. It's like it was just something he didn't want to think about. But what I am absolutely confident of is that he would have wanted, like, us to, like, make my mum our priority. Yeah, of course. And therefore, I think, you know, I don't think he would have minded <laughs> that we weren't really sitting around crying. We were actually sort of taking action. No, that would have been his, his his thing to tell us to do. So you do the funeral. Yeah. You get through it, I'm yeah. guessing. Was it actually? It was. It was good. Yeah, I was actually... really nice. I, had, I had, to to say I had a nice time. It sounds no, a bit I, weird. I think but yeah, I can totally see that. My dad's was... funeral was really nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a nice day. Loads of people came, yeah. and I mean, I didn't do the whole thing. Um, as in, I did the talking, some talking, and then my brother said something, and then my sister said yeah. something. My dad's best mate, a couple of my cousins said stuff. I am um, about the night before we the, we were having a standard issue party Christmas party the day before and everyone said come and I was like I actually feel all right to come yeah, weirdly yeah. um but I don't think my mum I think my mum will panic that I will get stuck in Birmingham yeah, and I won't be able yeah. to make it back and all of that so I actually went for a bit and then I left early and Mickey who does our podcast said to me you know I think you're going to be fine at the funeral she said because I went to one the other other day that Sandy Toxvig did and she was good and I thought oh as long as I do as good a job as Sandy Toxvig then I think no it'll be all pressure, right. no, no pressure no pressure whatsoever I was going to say it did sound it does sound a little bit like you emceed the yeah funeral. that's basically what it is <laughs> yeah. what it was Which, I mean like yeah. I say he was really funny he was yeah. like funny and he did laugh at really inappropriate things and like I say I made I made a, a couple of of decisions early and the other decision was that I was going to write a sitcom about it because while it was the most depressing thing that had ever happened to me it was also one of the more amusing things that had ever happened to me which was yeah. really odd yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean like seriously 
laughing and laughing and laughing. I mean, <laughs> I laughed so much about something once that's so disgusting. And yeah, I'll save it for the sitcom. But I did actually laugh so much that I was sick. <laughs> I actually threw up. And oh my it God. caused a spontaneous chain of throwing up amongst all of us. Oh, my God. That it was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't great. Oh, the day he died, see, this is, and this is the weird thing. I actually told this as a joke. Really, God, about February. He hadn't even been dead very long. That when he died, he died in the hospital and, he, and they rang us and said, oh, you've got to come and then we didn't make it in time, which is a couple of people have been nice enough to say that happened to them too. Yeah, so they, it does happen. They, um, they don't think it matters, but um, it, there were other people there. I mean, yeah. he was in a hospital, so I don't feel entirely terrible about that. But we got there and uh, there was um, my, my sister and my brother, my mum and I, and they put you in this little side room. Yeah. And uh, this woman came in with a clipboard and this really sort of sunny but, like, caring voice. And uh, she was telling us all these things that you're supposed to do now. Like, they go, you know, they go to the morgue. That 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 relentless paperwork that's about death. Oh, it's death, a huge amount of paperwork. It, re- it really is. <laughs> it's a big commitment. And she, uh, and she, said, um, she said to us, um, now, she said, has anyone driven today? And I said... Yeah, I've driven. And my sister said, yeah, I've driven. And she said, just to let you know, she said, because Dad's died today, parking will be free. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. I nearly shit myself laughing at that. Thank you. We were like, oh, could it be free tomorrow as well? Because we've got to come back for well, like mom and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's taken one for the team there, isn't oh, he? We were just amazing, roaring, and she just—I don't think. I mean, she probably sees people react yes. really weirdly yeah, yeah. to death, anyway, laughing hysterically. But yeah, we were big on the laughing. About I also it. find that weird. They do that when you have a baby. They say like, because mum, because dads, as yeah. if they're in your family. Yeah. Which I just find it really throws me every time because I'm like, why are you saying it like you're yeah. my sister? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when I go because your dad, yeah. like what you've experienced, yeah. but it must be, I mean, they all, they do it a lot when you've had a baby. Like it's mum, mum's a bit tired, doesn't she? Yeah. And you're like, I'm standing here and, I, <laughs> and you're not my child. <laughs> this is really strange. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Parking is free. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cambridge Council or whatever it yeah, is. Milton Milton Keynes. Keynes. Milton Keynes yeah. Council. Um so you know, you've had the funeral and then so what happened with your mum? Is she still uh, she 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 is she is clear of oh, wow. breast cancer. That's yeah, we amazing. had a we had a terrible time. I have to say it was it was it, 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 in one of those, like I said, situations of if something could go wrong, it yeah. did go wrong. I mean she had the absolute worst time on chemo I mean she was admitted to hospital twice for dehydration oh, because she'd been so, so ill sick, yeah. Um, so yeah it was pretty grim I have to say um, but they've given they've, they've said she's clear yeah she has she has um, oh, that's they, amazing. They t- it took I think she got the all clear in about August and we went on holiday and my brother my nephew and my mum and I we went away for a couple of days and the funny thing is, when we got there, almost immediately, my brother and I had the most massive round. Of course, yeah. Because it was just like... Family tensions, uh, oh, yeah. Just suddenly, about about the most stupid thing yeah, as well. Yeah. And my nephew was just open-mouthed at it. <laughs> like, what is going on with this? I think it's quite good for kids sometimes to see that your yeah. parents can be as pathetic and stupid as they always tell you off for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, me and my brother can... I get on very well, but we can, yeah, the rows we have over nothing, yeah. like a sort of infamous in the family of like yeah. literally, and then you both have to look at each other and go, God, yeah. what was that about? I actually don't know. Because up, up until that point, like I say, we'd actually kind of, um, I mean, like I say, it felt like a like a, a decision, I mean, but certainly it wasn't a disgust decision. Yeah. Of, you know, death brings out the worst and the best in people. Yeah, yeah. And just like this, the, the the worst possible scenario. I mean, my my brother and I were like the worst possible thing that could happen now is if they're here and I fell yeah, out. Yeah. So, But then also, do you to... not think you'd come together, you and your brother, you got through it all, yeah. you get on that holiday yeah. and there's a little bit of like, we fucking did it? Yeah. So of course then you go, do you know what? I can pick on you now because yeah. I haven't been able to pick on, I haven't been able to say anything yeah. for all these months. Yeah. So that's, it's just that tension just coming yeah. out in a stupid route. Yeah. I bet you both felt better, better afterwards. afterwards yeah. 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 You probably 
probably just had all this, all those moments you'd had to just get along because you weren't allowed to row. And yeah. you were also, I would say, you weren't allowed to behave as children for all that time. You were no. being grown-ups. Absolutely. So how nice to get on holiday and go, we're yeah. going to be kids again. And that, like we did when we were younger. And yeah. it, like as if we didn't have responsibilities right now. Yeah. Which, but, but you do think at some point, you know, it kind of looms this idea that there is this this grief that you have put a pin in. Definitely. Have you had any counselling or anything? uh, No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No. I... um, I mean, you haven't had time, it sounds like. No. But also, I mean, I do, like I say, I think think I I was in quite a fortunate position because, you know, I had 40 odd years to think about, like... The manner of my dad's death, if you know what I mean, the, uh, of a lot of stuff. So I was, I was ready in yeah. as much as you can be ready. And I'm going to be completely honest. I actually don't think it's something that will probably manifest itself until somebody else dies, yeah. and then I end up have yeah. around grief again. If you, if, yeah, if yeah. you know what I mean, because I don't because sometimes it feels like you miss the swell. Yeah. So if you sort of if you sort of make that decision, which I think I did a bit as well, like I'm not going to do it now. Yeah. So then your body goes, oh, okay. Well, we'll have to wait till you're really stressed again, or you're yeah. or you're like you said around grief again. Yeah. Yeah, and then I would find I don't know if you have this, but then I definitely found if other people when I came near cancer again, I would start being like, oh shit, here I can feel it yeah. getting near me because I was like sort of aware of what I'd yeah. kind of run away from a little bit. And oddly, the thing that upset me most in that entire period, and this is the most bonkers thing ever, <laughs> but I think that just shows you what grief is like. Yeah, is when Julia Louis Dreyfus announced that she had breast cancer, oh, and yeah. I was just like, oh fuck this, <laughs> I'm no, this no, is no, not her as well. What the hell? How yeah. could this be happening? And yeah. it was a re- it's a really odd thing to get to get but really it, agitated about. But I was absolutely steamingly livid. I had a, sent a, a conversation with Kate McCabe, the comedian, and I was like, "This isn't right. <laughs> this is it not right." It makes perfect sense because it's that age-old thing of seeing someone else's grief a bit further away from yours allows you yeah. just to like open the door slightly yeah. to yours. Because I think sometimes our feelings are just too big and overwhelming. So someone's like, well, how do you feel about your mum having breast cancer? You're like, well, where do I begin with that sentence? Yeah. Like, where I don't, it, it, I can only open my mouth and show this black hole of, of emotions. Yeah. But yeah, when it's like someone you love as a celebrity, you know, a comedian and a writer and a celebrity, and then you sort of think, oh, I can almost imagine how I feel yeah. about my own situation, can't I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am sad. Yes, and I'm angry. Yeah. And I think also, if you, it sounds like, if you are a kind of practical person and a sort of like, how can I fix this person? I had this, which I just experienced so much anger. I was so angry. And that to me didn't seem, not correct, but it seemed like, oh, I'm supposed to be sad. So I guess I'm, I guess I shouldn't really grieve because yeah. I'm not doing, I'm only angry. Whereas I think it's really important to realise so, some people, you know, like you said, some people collapse into tears. Yeah. Other people collapse in, well, rise into anger. Yeah. And like, they are as valid as each other absolutely i mean i i think if you look at if you look at if you were at my dad's funeral and you asked him to identify his children yeah if you asked you walked into it and said whose whose dad is being buried here you'd never have picked the three of us yeah yeah Uh, um there was like people there who were demonstrably of course much much more upset um, which... I've, I've cried way more at other people's feelings yeah. than I've done at my, yeah, like I surprised myself at a couple. I've been like, why am I yeah. crying so much? But it's, yeah, again, you go, oh, it's not my family. I can actually cry about my family. Yeah. Like, but you did, like, have you ever read A Prayer for Own Meaning? Yes, many years ago, yeah. Okay, so the concept is that it's about this person who's never really fitted in yes, and has these yeah. strange collection of, like, character quirks and stuff. And then there's, there's this one event. And then it's like, oh, this yeah, is his yeah, time yeah. to shine. And um, about, when my dad died on the Wednesday, I had tickets to go and see The Cure. And I'd had oh, them for about a year. Amazing. I'd had them for about a year to go on the Saturday. <laughs> and um, my friend Paul rang me and said, are you coming still? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know what, I think I might. Hey, got to, tickets to The Cure? Yeah, so my, my friends, some other friends of mine came and picked me up and we got in the car and I, and and... And he's and they said to me, "How are you?" And I said, "I think I'm having me own meaning moment. <laughs> I feel like all of this weird stuff that people yeah. go to me. Why do you react so strangely to things? Suddenly they were yeah. like, "This is it. You're in your forte." Yeah, and it was weird being at the cure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of depressing, but but also I must have been 
it's that thing about grieving as well, isn't it? Like you don't stop being you. You no. don't stop breathing and eating oh, and absolutely. wanting to do things. Yeah. And but yeah, I can imagine music is it's like you want to go and then you get yeah. somewhere. That's I think with grief as well. You're like, I'm gonna go, I want to go, and then you get there, and you're like I don't know how to be here yeah. at, at, like a human, so well, this is quite tricky. Funnily enough, I did something which doesn't sound, for perhaps someone who's not me, it doesn't sound like anything strange, but for me, was the most enormously out of character thing, <laughs> which was we were there and I decided I needed a wee. <laughs> and we were actually in seated right, area yeah. back at the, the stalls, but everyone was standing, yeah, so, secure. you know, there was no way. And I looked and I thought, if I leave, I don't think I'm going to be able to find them again. Yeah. And the idea of not being able to find them again and being there by myself was so overwhelming yeah. that I made a friend of mine come to the toilet with me, which yeah. is the sort of thing that people do all the time, but it's not the sort of thing I do oh, all the yeah, time. Oh, no, of course, of I, course. I, I, and he actually missed about 15 minutes of it, standing <laughs> in a really long queue for the ladies' toilets. But I was like, I just... As long as I didn't miss Friday I'm in love with or something. <laughs> I just thought, if I, can't, if I can't find them, I'm just going to have to go and sit by the car because yeah. I, 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 I can't bear the idea of being here. And It's grief is so... Especially if you are a strong, tough person... And you feel so vulnerable. Yeah. And it is it is really hard. I, I think I've talked about this before. When I used to get the tr- like the overground train, and if a loud train went past, I used to jump out of my skin. Yeah. Any loud noise used to make me want, like literally want to cry. And I was so embarrassed. I never told anyone because I was like, God, this is what a pathetic that a train makes you want. But now I think, God, I was just, just really vulnerable. Yeah. And then the idea, like you said, the idea of not being able to find who you're with yeah. is too much like grief. It's yeah. too much like not being able to be with your like the people you've yeah. lost. Or it just it just feels like I just thought I'm going to be like when you come out when you turn around yeah. and you're in a shop and you're little and suddenly your mum yeah, isn't behind you. Yeah. It's going to be like that, and I can't yeah. I can't bear the thought of that. You're just not in a good like no. you're just not in the right place to deal with that right now, no. and that's totally no. fine. Like that, and like I say, small sense. acts of kindness yeah. in that sense from people. I mean, Jesus, a friend of mine bought me a car. Wow. Because <laughs> I didn't have a car on the road and I was doing it all on buses or oh whatever. My God. And somebody very kindly gave me some money to buy a car. And that's normally amazing. that's the sort of thing I would say no to. Yeah. And I thought, no, you know what? Fuck it. We need it. Yeah. We actually need a car on the road. Um, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, I, I just, you can't do that sort of stuff. And also, you get to a point where you're spending, because uh, I couldn't afford to buy a car partly because of the amount of money that we're spending on higher cars or on taxes and stuff. And that became like really sort of self sort of, but people were, I, (laughs) the the night that my dad actually died, I bought a car two days before he died and it had a tank of petrol. I mean, I put 2000 miles on that car. I hope my insurance company isn't listening. I put 2000 (laughs) miles on that car in the first month I had it. Um, And uh, I couldn't work out how to get the in petrol cap off. Oh, God. So I rang another friend of mine at like two o'clock in the morning and he said, does it need doing now? And I said, I think he's going to die tomorrow and I can't bear the idea yeah. that I I, I, can't, I haven't got enough petrol. So he drove out to a petrol station oh. to like help me to basically in his gym jams to help me take oh. a petrol cap off. And you're like, suddenly... But you need it. Yeah. And I think that's really, really good because what's so important is if you are someone who's like, I got this to know when you need help. Yeah. Cuz that to be able to go no actually I do need the car and I and I do need yeah. people around me and I need you to come to the toilet with me. Yeah. Cuz I think it's so easy to be like no no I can't let everyone down. I can't let this picture of who I am down. Yeah. And when you are grieving your identity suddenly feels in flux and a bit weird. So it's easy I think to cling on to be like no I'm someone who is fine. Yeah. But I think that's so brilliant that you just go yeah I know it's not like me yeah. but you're coming to the toilet yeah <laughs> like, well I said because I kept saying that to my to my mum because yeah. like I say my dad was like crazy one of the most exhausting things about the whole thing was the amount of time I spent on the phone yeah yeah just yeah. because there were there was like how's your mom? how's your brother how's yeah. like I mean I come from the most enormous family my dad was one of 13 kids what so 13. there is, there is, there were nights where I would take nine, ten, eleven phone calls an evening, yeah, trying to keep everyone updated, trying to keep updated with of friends or people just popping round. Yeah. And I started like people were like, if they can do anything, and then my mum would say, can you do that for me? And I said, do you know what? Why don't we ask Jeff? Yeah. He's been round saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, is there anything I can do? Oh, God. Take people up on their yeah, offers. They, it makes them feel useful. It makes them feel... It makes them feel brilliant. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's one less thing for me to yeah, bloody do. No, it makes... Especially if people are offering and 
that's the thing, as we always say, people don't know what to do. Yeah. So if you can literally have the um, sort of preparation of mind to go, yes, I actually can tell you, yeah. we need milk and we need bread and you need to read the cleaner and please yeah. tell the bin men not to, like yeah. all those things that you get lumbered with. Yeah, yeah. God, like, because I think people just don't, just don't know because obviously everybody's different and their admin situation is different. Yeah. <laughs> that's so important to take the help. I yeah. think that's a really... And I think really as well, that was a kind of an excellent reminder of just how brilliant women are, to be honest. Yeah. Because, you know, my my mum's sister was just tremendous. Like, there was a point at which she she was a bit poorly herself in February. And um, it turned out it wasn't what everyone thought it was. But there was a period in which we were really worried about her. And my brother and I were like, no, this is unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah no, no. She, she, she literally has been an absolute lifeline oh. for us. Um, and lots of other people, my my dad's sisters, friends of, you know, my parents, friends of mine. Yeah. People have been like really helpful. But I, there's just, there's something about sort of women of a slightly practical nature who just kind of just come in and they're like, I've, I've cooked you that yeah. and I've done that. And you're like, you are wonderful. You can stay. Yeah. Um, Oh, anything, and it, yeah, people just being practical. Yeah, I think I often like people say, oh, "What can I do if something?" And it's like, it's hard when people text you, "What can I do?" Because often you're like, "Well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you." But it, I think it's really important that they do that because yeah. at least you know when something does come up, you're like, "Oh, they did ask, didn't yeah. they?" But yeah, just providing. I said this the other day. I was talking to the. the um, Scubby Mummies, who do another brilliant podcast. They are lovely. They're so nice. And they were saying, like, when someone's had a baby, like, just turn up with lasagna, yeah. do the washing up and leave. And I was like, save the grief. Turn yeah. up with a big dish of something that they can put in the fridge and yeah. then put in the oven without thinking. Do the washing up and leave. Like, that is, <laughs> like, a really... Same thing as new baby. Like, you've got shit to deal with, basically. Yeah. So anything that is just... You turn around, you go, oh, wow, that's done. That's amazing. Yeah. So your mum is better, which is amazing. Yes. Do you talk about your dad with your mum? Have you um, seen her process of One grief? of the first things that I thought I've, I've got to get achieved, and I don't know why I thought I've got to get this achieved, but one of, one of the things that I was really keen on was for her to visit his grave. Wow, yeah. Because I just thought, you know, it's, it's a focal point, yeah, isn't it? It's yeah. a thing. It's a place with a stick in the ground that's got his name on it that yeah. says you know he was here and he isn't here anymore because he like I say he really wanted to be buried and I have to say I'm not really the sort of person that would go to a grave much that said I every time someone goes to visit my mum they say oh like I might go down and see your dad and then I think oh, I was gonna be dead flowers and he's gonna look unloved <laughs> so I need to go and clear it off after everyone so I actually been there quite a lot and she came and yeah, and so I, th- I think it is a it is a slow price. She, you, I mean, people people with the personality of, of that I have don't kind of exist in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Everyone sort of in our family is relatively sort of less than forthcoming about their emotions. Actually, my sister's quite an emotional person, but the rest of us <laughs> are all sort of quite quite yeah. sort of um, practical. <laughs> practical, yeah. But she's 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 doing all right. She. Yeah. She, she is. I think it's a, it's a sort of. I, I can't imagine. I, I genuinely can't imagine what it's like. And it was very difficult as well because you know, what we were having to talk about. Yeah. Was it's like it's, it's crazy to try and have to discuss death while you're in a room with someone who is possibly facing death yeah. themselves, and it's really difficult to try and. It really feels like it's at the door a bit too close. Yeah. Isn't it? Like yeah. And you can't. I have this. I have this thing about like. I keep saying, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen um, Touching the Void? Which yes, is, I yeah. have. Yes, yes. Right. So there's a bit in it where Joe Simpson, like he's broken his leg. Yes. He's, he's, he, he, they cut the rope. Yep. And he's down, and he wakes, and he's down at the bottom oh, of the yeah, crevasse, yeah. and he wakes up, and he just like he just thinks that think like this is the worst situation yeah. he's ever been in his life, and he says the key to those situations is to keep making decisions and it doesn't matter if they're good decisions or bad decisions you've just got to keep making decisions and I thought right this is something I'm going to wholeheartedly take on board um, in my life and it certainly helped in this situation but yeah you do actually make some bad decisions as well of course because you're not really with it (laughs) probably the worst decision we made was that my nephew uh, decided that he uh, 
oh, I've been saying for ages that what he really wanted was one of those cabin bed things with a uh, desk underneath. Yeah, yeah. And so my brother and I were like, buy it for him. <laughs> right? We can make something better. Let's do it. 72 parts. It arrives on Christmas Eve. Oh my it God. takes us about seven hours to put together. Right? <laughs> and nobody can get up there to change the freaking sheets or anything. It's like an absolute nightmare. And yeah, every time my brother goes, why the fuck did we buy yeah. that bed? Yeah, I was like, we just wanted to give him something that he really wanted, and it was probably the worst. Oh, so you, when you're grieving, and that was the bed I used to sleep in. So oh, now really? I have to sleep in this on the sofa when I stay. <laughs> so you're like, oh, when you're grieving, everything feels so out of your control. Yeah. So when someone's like, you could make this okay. Yeah. Of course you're going to do it. You're like, yay! Yeah. We can buy a bed, and this is okay. We can't do that with anything else. Yeah. Like everything else is chaos. Yeah, my friend used to have one of those beds, and they're an absolute fucking nightmare. Yeah. But fun. I bet he still has lots of fun. Oh, yeah, he loves it. Well, there you go. So that was a good decision, even though it was not a practical decision. I suppose so, yeah. So moving, like, forward, obviously it's been an insane time. Do you feel like you're coming sort of, like, out of the fog a bit of now life is slightly, like, you're not having to do, like, that kind of, like, oh, shit, what the fuck now? Um, Yeah, although, oddly, there there is this element of kind of thriving on... Chaos. Oh, yeah. yeah. That I totally actually, know. I got a lot achieved yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We launched a frigging podcast yeah, in that period. Yeah. I got, I actually, I mean, I have to say, I, I did take a full month off work. Good. Pretty much <laughs> mid November. Like, it sounded like yeah. you really needed it, Hannah. <laughs> and I was lucky because I have a really understanding boss or yeah. bosses, as it, as it was. Um, but, you know, actually, strangely, being forced to sit down and write lists yeah. and do things. I mean, there's a there's a morning we're like making a cup of tea. My my mum had was her, I think it was her first chemo appointment was coming up, and uh, my brother's got a kitten, and she's in the back garden, you know, making that noise, yeah. like the kittens do. And I was like, we got to have a done, <laughs> like really. So uh, my brother's like, have we not got enough? And I was like, yeah, but the kittens on top is going to be terrible. Yeah. So I actually dropped the cat off to be spayed on the way to taking my mom to her first <laughs> chemo appointment. Boom, boom. I'm, I'm doing, I'm sorting out so, life. I'm sorting out yeah. chemo. But so in many ways, actually, I think I'm you... trying, like, I, I, I've, Sometimes feel like I've taken my foot off the brake a bit too much. Yeah. In that you're like, oh Jesus, there were ho- there were days where I achieved so much in, no, I in think that, at that it, time. You get addicted slightly. I definitely have this. There's an adrenaline that yeah. drives you, and if you're someone who can cope with that level of adrenaline, it's quite not exciting, but yeah. there's a definite like, okay, fucking got this. Yeah. I'm doing this, this, and this because everything's so fucking awful. I can, f- I but I'm I know exactly feel because. When it's really chaotic, I am actually fine. Yeah. It's when I have to look at what's happened that I go, I don't want to look at this. Yeah. yeah. Once someone goes, oh, that's good. You can just have a week off now. I'm like, please, God, no. Like, yeah. I don't want it. I don't want a week off to look yeah. at it. <clears throat> I want to fill the space. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think you have to be, again, Yeah, it's just being aware or careful of like, once the chaos goes, how do you then yeah. start the self? But that's what I mean. Like, you get so good at looking after everyone. And you're like, they've got this. They're doing this. Everyone's okay, and then you, they're okay, and yeah. they leave you, and you're like, oh, shit, now I have to think about how but I feel. It, but actually, that's interesting, because you say looking after people. I am, like, not a natural nurse at all. You sound like you are. No, I'm really bad. I have the weakest stomach. <laughs> I really do. I'm yeah, like, oh, I what's that? I don't like it. I'm going to go be sick. I think nurse, yeah, maybe not, like, maybe don't become a real nurse. Yeah. So you actually have to look at, like, pus. But I think you are because what you're talking about is like keeping a calm head, yeah. making decisions and making sure you're thinking ahead. And if some, and if someone's like, who's going to do that? You go, I will. Like, I think those are yeah. actually extremely good medical yeah. qualities. But from the point of view of someone who sits and listens to people and gives them cuddles and says caring things, that's uh, that. I'm not yeah. that sort of. But do, have you not? I've had a lot of nurses in my time recently. They definitely didn't give me cuddles and listen to me. No, they that's... were like, this is what you need. Take it. Yeah, that's a good point. Shut up. Yeah. This needle is going back in. Oh, it really hurts. I know. Yeah. It's good for you. Like, I think there is that side of it yeah. rather than like, yeah, you can be nurturing in lots of different ways. It yeah. sounds like you have been very nurturing to and, a lot of And people. we were so chaotic that in many ways you just thought people cut us a load of slack. I mean, the day, the day of my dad's funeral, so like I say, I do the funeral and then I'm like chatting to everyone afterwards and then... It's like a great gig. <laughs> yeah. And then my sister took my mum home and I was uh, at the bar. It was about eight o'clock with my 
brother and two of my cousins and we were like, should we get pissed? And, um, <laughs> oh, you definitely deserve it. Yeah, after. and I got so drunk, <laughs> so unbelievably drunk that the next day I had to take my mum to chemo appointment and I didn't even go to bed. I just oh. lay on the bathroom floor and I was so ill and she just came and poked me with a stick in the morning <laughs> I said, you've got to take me to the hospital and they had to give me a little bowl. <laughs> and I was sitting there like... By all these people who are actually like actually sick, sick, genuinely sick. And then I've just got the worst hangover ever. And all these people are coming past giving me these little faces. I feel the need to go, I'm not on chemo. I've done this to myself. I have literally wrecked. And Good. I rang my best mate and he said, it's what he would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Absolutely. It's what my dad would have wanted. That's an amazing, amazing story. Yeah. Amazing. And Hannah, thank you so much. for Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's cheaper than counselling. Yeah, exactly. It definitely is. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You can follow Hannah on Twitter at that Dunleavy, and you can listen to her weekly on the Standard Issue podcast, available from your normal podcast shop. If you've been enjoying the show, please do rate, review and subscribe. It does genuinely help other people find the show. And if you've done so already, thank you so, so much. It really is massively appreciated. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble, and the show was edited by Kate Holland, with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone. <laughs> <laughs>